welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Southern Onion. I'm Erica. And I'm Erin. And we are so happy to have you here today. And first, let me just say, happy birthday, Erin. Happy birthday. <laughs> so if y'all are listening on Monday, March 29th, yep. we got a year older since you heard us last. So Yep. And, and, and I'm feeling it, and I'll explain why in a minute. But Erin, how was your <laughs> week? <laughs> Well, my week started off kind of basic as usual, but I got a report. Do you remember when Christy from Medicare used to call me last year? <laughs> yes, and would not okay, leave me like, alone, yes. <laughs> right, yeah, like all the time she called me. Okay, well, like for six months I didn't hear from Christy. Oh. But I'm happy to report yesterday she called me. Ah, okay. She's doing well. <laughs> she has made it out of the other side of the pandemic, so, <laughs> and, and she's doing her thing, so well. she was calling me about Medicare, even though. We're way too young for that. We so. are, yes, we are far off from Medicare yeah, for those but, who do not know us. Yes. Yeah, but I can finally rest knowing that Christy is back. Well, good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm someone that was furloughed for four and a half months, so I'm glad she's yeah. back at work too. So Yeah, and she she's made it. She made it. So. Good for her. I know. So how was your week? My week was uh, decent until about yesterday, and um, I have cats, and you. so with that, you have to buy cat litter, and I picked up one of those 35-pound tubs, because why not? You're going to use it. You might as well buy the biggest one you can, and when I bent over to put it in the cart, I felt pop, pop, pop in my low back, and so this last day, you know, of this age... And then, you know, I, I'm really going into this new age hurt. <laughs> so right. hope, yeah. it's not, hope it's not a precursor. So help me. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> ow. So, uh, yeah, other than that, though, pretty good. Uh, we had stormy weather, and I love it because all I had to do was stay in and watch basketball and play video games. So, hmm. Oh, and, can't and, that. Oh, I mean, rest my back. That's what oh, I was yeah. doing. Te oh, definitely. Right, yes. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we hope everyone else had a great week. Again, we thank you so much for listening. We are having yes. a blast doing these. I yes. love that I get to see um, Aaron at least once a week on video. We talk all the time, but um, yes. so this is great. So um, you can follow us on Instagram, Southern Onion Podcast. You can send us an email with suggestions, with uh, if there's a topic you want us to cover, if you just want to hear from us, uh, that's going to be southernonion, the number two, at gmail.com. So thank you again. Now, business done. Now, to the topic. Bum, bum, bum. Uh -oh. <laughs> so today, we are talking about, and this is weird to say, but one of my favorite serial killers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you can have one, um, is Eileen, or she goes by Lee, Carol mm -hmm. Wernos. She was born February 29th, so leap year baby, uh, 1956 in Rochester, uh, Michigan, and died October 9th, 2002 in the Florida State Prison by lethal injection. And yes. this is kind of a different one for us because Aaron and I watched different things this time. Yes. So, I watched a, um, on YouTube, just type in Eileen Wernos, and it's 60 Minutes from Australia, and it's titled First Female Serial Killer, and on the picture, the video capture, it shows, it says, I hate men, 
So we'll talk about that. Um, but it says first female serial killer. And I just want to say, she's probably just the first female serial killer caught. I don't right. think she's the first one, like, forever and ever. I'm in, no. you know. Um, but, um, but yeah. And then, Aaron, what did you watch? Okay, so I went on Discovery Plus, and it's on the ID channel. And it's called Eileen Warno's Mind of a Monster. And this one... Um, Eileen had a friend by the name of Dawn Botkins and Eileen was writing her while she was in prison, but Dawn was able to kind of give a little bit of a background of the childhood of Eileen. And then of course the murders and the trial. And then of course she did share some pictures and letters on this documentary as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was an overall, it's about an hour and a half long, but it was an overall okay. picture of Eileen Warnos. Yeah. And what I watched was 15 minutes. So, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, <laughs> we'll fill in the blanks as yeah, we go along. So yeah, so we'll help each other right. out. Um, yes. So uh, we'll, I guess we'll refer to her as Lee throughout. Yes. So Lee was con- convicted, confessed to killing seven men in a 12-month period. And, and there's a reason I'm saying that 12-month period. I'll get to that in a little bit. But her childhood, this is what struck me because... Of course, most serial killers, some will talk about their childhood, some won't. With Lee, she had quite the childhood. Um, She was abandoned by her mom at six months old. She was raised by an alcoholic grandmother and a grandfather who would whip her with a belt buckle. By age two, her dad committed suicide in jail for crimes of kidnapping and rape of a child. By 13, Lee was raped and pregnant herself. At 14, she quit school, and at age 15, her grandfather kicked her out, and life on the road began for her, and she became a hitchhiking hooker in Florida. And But you learned a little bit more also yeah. about when she was, which, I'm sorry, a, a grandfather that's married to an alcoholic grandmother, what in the world did she do to get kicked out of the house? First of all, oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, good yeah. grief, but it, it doesn't mention right. that. But, but yeah, you, right. you learned something more about when she got kicked out. Yes. And I just want to say when she was, she was raped by a older guy in the neighborhood that was having kids come over to his house and, Hey, let's drink, let's do drugs, let's hmm. smoke and all this. And so he of course raped her and Eileen hmm. did have a baby boy that was put up for adoption. Okay. At 13. Could you imagine? Okay. So, I mean, it just blows my mind. I mean, incredible. So, she goes back home. Of course, like you said, Grandpa kicks her out of the house. Mm -hmm. I'm not for sure why Mm -hmm. he did. I don't know if he just got mad at her or what the deal was. Mm -hmm. And she ended up living in the woods. And she would do favors in order to get, like, food, cigarettes, just to be able to mm-hmm. kind of just survive. And her de- friend Don Botkins even said that neighborhood kids would take advantage of Eileen. They knew she would do things for certain things, and they just took advantage of that. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Because here's a one. Yeah. I mean, she's just 14 years old, and she's living in the woods. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that really, then, knowing about the neighborhood guy, it shows even at birth, she has been betrayed. Yeah. Her whole life, 
her mom leaves her 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 family doesn't protect her is not nice to her and now you've got this guy trying to be the cool guy whatever hey mm-hmm. come over and underage drink can do drugs which is stupid by the way yep. um and then but then she's taken advantage of betrayed and now the neighborhood kids know hey if it, she'll do this if she wants some cigarettes or if she wants some money so that she can actually eat you know right. and let's betray her and take advantage of that i mean yeah. it's just oh my gosh just good grief. Yeah, I don't know what I would have done. If one of my friends was living like that, mm-hmm. I'd have been like, Mom and Dad, this person's living with us. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I would have just been like, my friend is not. But, you know, there again, I don't know if, because even Don said, you know, it was it was hard on the kids in the area, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Yep. And they would all party and have a great time. And Eileen was all about the partying. Mm-hmm. Sure. But they all got to go home. And Eileen lived in the tree. She would actually, like, live in, like, a, like, build a little makeshift area for herself with, like, mm-hmm. logs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And could you imagine in the wintertime? Well, the wintertime I mean, in Michigan. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. And then. Yeah, it's terrible. And yeah. then, I mean. Let's just go ahead and state the obvious. You're female, so you're going to have, you know, Mm -hmm. needs every month uh, to be met. I mean, that's just, that's, that's pitiful. But that's also how disappointing society Mm -hmm. can be that a person like her, who has already dealt a crappy hand and is still, no one wants to step up and help her out. So she turns to the oldest, it's the oldest profession whether you like it or not, right. sex work, prostitution, whatever you want to call it, has been around. Like, yes. You can check your Bible. Yes. If you times, if you yeah. want to argue it, but it's been mm-hmm. around, like it or not, and that's why so many women and men turn to it because yeah. it's one of the industries that's not gone away. Yes. And so. <laughs> So on mine, it is, I mean, it's, so obviously you can tell I'm a, I'm a bit of a Lee advocate here. Um, I'm not saying killing is correct or right. I'm not Mm. saying that at all. We're talking about her life. So, so here she is. She's sex working at, in Florida. And And can I just say, have you mm -hmm. noticed this is the second time we've been in Florida I know, like, right? Then you went to Florida, and now we're in Florida again. Yeah. What is going on, in Florida? Stay <laughs> out of Florida! Oh my God! Yeah, there's something about Florida, right? And if you're listening from Florida, you have a beautiful state. Um, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place. Yes. Um, so at 33, so she she's in Florida, starting all this at 15. The killing does not start until she's 33 years old. Right. In in the one that I watched, Lee mm-hmm. is saying that she had five or six guys a day. So, for wow. you're looking at, what, 15, 18 years of five or six guys a day. And at 33, she just had enough. And mm-hmm. I can only imagine. And so, now she started what they said, evening the score. And that's when she started, and I don't know how much I agree with the reporter here, but that she acted as a damsel in distress. Well, I don't know why she would all of a sudden go from 
prostituting to now acting like I don't think she lured these guys in. Uh, my belief is they turned violent and she defended herself. That's what I'm thinking's happened. She didn't because, and here, why I'm bringing this up, she killed seven men in twelve in a twelve month period. So she had a lot of Johns in between all of those seven. So it's if she wanted to be a mass serial killer and just kill men to kill men, she could have mm -hmm. had way more victims, mm -hmm. you know, than that. Uh, but they are saying she was a damsel in distress. Well, who else acted like a distressed person needing help? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yeah. yeah. So she she never denied that she killed him. Um, right. And we'll talk about this little gem here. Um, her ex-girlfriend, Taria Moore, and I don't care if I said her name right or not, uh, turned her in. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. But she, and and Lee talks about, I wasn't born bad. And I don't, I don't think anybody is born bad. I think no. people do it out of necessity. People decide, hey, I want to kill just to, just to be mean, just to kill. And, um, and she, Lee doesn't like that people look at the number and I, I get that. Why, who cares how many you killed? You killed, period. But why mm -hmm. did you kill? Was it self-defense? Was it passion? You know, what, murder of passion? or Right. Yeah. Well, on the documentary that I watched, you know, Ty, they, Ty, I think you said Tyria, but they call her Ty. Okay, we'll say Ty as well. I, I personally feel like, I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, but mm -hmm. I feel like that when Eileen met Ty, Mm -hmm. This is when it changed for her because she mm -hmm. was now supporting Ty. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and Eileen said in one of her letters that Ty had expensive taste. So, <laughs> you know, Eileen would be out hooking all day. Right. And have all this money. And then she said Ty would just blow her money. And then the next day she'd have to go right back out and do it again. Mm -hmm. So a part of me just wonders if... Eileen was like, okay, I've got this woman, and she loves me, and I love her, because mm -hmm. Eileen was very devoted to Ty. Yeah, oh, yes, very. Extremely. In one of her letters, she even said, if Ty shot me and I survived, I would accept her with open arms. Yeah, I mean, that. So, that's total devotion. She and was devoted, I, yes. Right, and I think that might be what was maybe driving her a little bit was mm -hmm. okay I've got this woman I love her she loves me we're building a life together mm -hmm. and the only way I'm gonna be able to keep her is to keep bringing money in so how am I gonna do that right and what's the easiest way to do that right and like you well, said she was getting tired of being taken advantage of and prostituting mm -hmm. yeah. I think she's got to the point where she's just like okay I'm done with this life but what else can I do right because I mean that's all she's known since she was 15 and you know, and we see, like we talked about, she's got this history of betrayal, and we'll talk yes. about it when we get to it. But Ty is on that list of betrayers, if you will. Yes. But she still betrays. She she knew what position she was into. Ty knew, and we'll talk well, more about that too. But ugh. right, right, and I, and I think that's it too. Is Ty can't come away totally innocent on this, no. as we'll talk about in just a few minutes, I'm sure, mm -hmm. as we get into the case. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that that's that's just my personal opinion in watching this is that she was trying to provide for Ty. Yeah, and she was trying to keep Ty happy. Mm -hmm. But when all you've ever known in your life is to do favors mm -hmm. in order to get things right what do you do and i think yeah. maybe she was afraid she was gonna lose ty sure 
well, if that's who who you love and who you're devoted to, I mean, and I guess Ty had to have a bit of understanding to know what your partner does as a living and still be okay with it. I mean, I I can't imagine that would be easy to have a partner like that. You've got to be understanding whether they're feeling or not, period. Right, Um, right, yeah. But yeah, so Ty will, good gosh, we'll get to her. Yeah. Um, But what I found interesting, if you will, when Lee killed, and -hmm. she'll even say, she goes, you know, people say I've done the most heinous killing. She goes, I did not. I just shot them. I didn't cut off parts and put it in their mouth, and I didn't, you know, mutilate them. I just shot them, and that was it. Why is everybody saying it's so horrendous? And I think part of it's because it's female. You don't expect women to fight back. I mean, even as a female, you don't expect other women to fight back, if you will. And here's one that has. So, Mm -hmm. but she would kill them, rob them, Mm -hmm. and then drive home in their cars. Yes, that's right. Oh, my God. And she would abandon the cars. Yeah, yeah. She she would abandon Yeah. I'm just like, wow. She'll do all that and then still drive their cars home. I'm just like, that's that's next right. level. I mean, well, you got to get home, you know. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and please don't take me as yeah. insensitive. I'm not being, I'm no. just looking at this <laughs> through, just trying to look from the outside in and go, wow, well. <laughs> I, yeah, not? I mean, to, to drive it knowing that that's evidence. Yeah. Knowing that that's going to trace you back to that person. Exactly, yeah. So just, for her to do that. Well, she must have been a better driver than Ted Bundy because it never talked about her getting pulled over. So, I was about to say, no, I don't think she ever got pulled over. But we'll yes. find out she does get in trouble. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And she was also referred to as, and she didn't like it, and I don't blame her, the hooker from hell and damsel, yeah. damsel of death. And, yeah. you know, going back to the prostitution Let's say, let's just say for a moment, because I like devil advocacy here. Let's say she was self, it was self-defense, that these guys turned it and were wanting to be Mm -hmm. mean to her. And so she killed them out of self-defense. Do sex workers not deserve to protect themselves? Why do they have to be seen of less as because of the line of work that they do? Right. Right. That's a good question. I right. mean, and and that's the question that kept coming up to me. And what I felt like is that had the John killed her, it mm-hmm. would have been, well, she was a prostitute. And that's a dangerous line of work. And you could get killed. Absolutely. But what if the prostitute killed the John? Well, why all of a sudden is there just outrage about that? You know, right. is this a case of... You know, patriarchy, you know, it was a male that got killed by a female, so we're going to be extra hard on it. Again, devil advocate here, because we've not really seen anything like this, you know, at the time. Right. The the first guy that she killed was Richard Mallory, Mm -hmm. and he was shot three times, but he lived life, his friends got on this documentary and said that he lived life in the fast lane, he would go to strip clubs, he would frequent prostitutes. So, this is the case that she got put on trial for. 
Yeah, it was just was the his. one. Right. Yes. yes. And and I'm just bringing this one up just because. Yeah. So this is the one that she went on trial for was Richard Ballery. Mm-hmm. But Eileen tells us that he, yes, she went out and there was an agreement. I'm going to do this favor and he's going to pay me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he flipped it and began to just torture her. And, and I'm not going to get into specifics with right. this because it is very graphic. Well, and, uh, but it. Yeah. it was bad. Mm-hmm. And she killed him in self-defense. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lee has said mm-hmm. from the very beginning mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah. Now, in the letter she wrote to Dawn, she said, I do feel bad for killing these men. And I am sorry that I took your loved one away from you. Mm-hmm. And she feels horrible about that. And she did repent for that. She asked for forgiveness of this. Yep. But with Richard Mallory, she had said all along on that one that he raped her. Yeah. And she fought back and killed him. Yeah. And why doesn't she deserve to have a defense of self-defense and and not be treated well? And we'll talk about her her stupid lawyer in a minute. But uh, but that's the thing. It never. Even the side, the one that I watched, it never really showed that that was even a defense that they tried, that it was self-defense. It was mm-hmm. just like she, well, and she also asked for the death penalty. She did, yeah. You know, and others were telling her, no, just do life in prison. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I killed him. I'm not going to sit here and and just waste away, if you will. And also, too, she was getting mad at people, Ty police officers, lawyers, judges, they were all making money off her. Right. And she was pissed about it. And I mean, yeah. I I kind of get that. Don't don't make money off of my life and what I did while I sit in jail. I'll just go ahead and end it and then, you know, end a story. Right. Right. Yeah. So, we know that there was another killing she had, David Spears. They mm-hmm. found his abandoned truck. He was shot multiple times, but Eileen said she went and partied with him from one in the afternoon till night at night. Mm-hmm. They drank, they had a great time, but again, it turned into violence and wow. she killed him. Yeah. So that was her second victim that, and then there was Charles, um, oh gosh, I cannot say this last name mm. to yeah. Car Carskedian. Sorry. Um, this one, he was shot nine times. Whoa. And the police say that this was like an extreme rage killing if somebody's shooting like nine times. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, something happened there. Yeah. Um, and then there was a guy named Peter Sims. This one kind of was sad for me because he was an older gentleman and he liked to pick up hitchhikers. Okay. And he told his family, I pick up hitchhikers because I like to tell them about God. I okay. like to tell them about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Eileen did say later on in her letter that he didn't do anything bad to her. He was actually a very good guy, but hmm. she did kill him. Hmm. They have never found his body, folks, and they have never charged her with his killing. Wow. Okay. Wow. She is the one that played no contest to it. Right. But they never formally, like, charged her for murder on this one. They never found his body. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean... It, it was just sad. I mean, I don't, that one really got me. Yeah. That one really got me. Yeah. So how did Eileen get caught? Yep. Because that's the question, like, okay, she's killed seven people. We know this. Mm-hmm. But how did she get caught? Mm-hmm. So a lady by the name of Rhonda Cleansing? Yes. Has the guess how you I say think, it? I think so, yeah. Okay. She heard a car racing down the road. 
and it wrecks and it like hits a tree and these two women emerge from this car mm-hmm. and like Eileen is bleeding. It's Eileen and Ty mm-hmm. and Ty had been driving. Okay. And so Eileen's like bleeding and lady's like, Hey, do you need help? And they're like, no, 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 we're good. We just live down the road. Leave us alone. Right. So the lady finds it odd. Mm-hmm. Now the car that they wrecked was Peter Sims car. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> that traces them back. Okay. Right. That connects it all. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. Okay. So what I found interesting was, and I don't know if yours had this or not, mm-hmm. but there had been items that had been stolen from some of the cases that had actually been pawned mm. at a pawn shop. Okay. I didn't know if yours talked about no, that or not. it didn't, no. Mm-mm. Okay. So, the police start looking around, and they're looking for items that have been pawned in these cases. Mm-hmm. And they find it. They find, like, I think it was an amplifier and a couple of things. Of course, when you go to a pawn shop, you have to give your driver's license. Right. And so, they found that the person that had been pawning this stuff her name was Cammie. And Cammie, they were like, okay, so we have her address. We have her name. They go to her house and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you been at the pawn shop lately? She's like, no, haven't been in a couple of years. You're like, well, you've been pawning stuff. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So mm. then she's trying to figure out like, how is this happening? So there's actually at this pawn shop, they would take thumbprints. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So, like a classy So, when they ran shop. her mm-hmm. thumbprint mm-hmm. against that thumbprint, didn't match up. Ah. So, they go to the friends, the, the fingerprint people, mm-hmm. and um, they match up, and it comes back to an Eileen Warnos. Oh, my. hmm Yes. And so, Cammy then tells, oh, yeah, I know Eileen, because Eileen and Ty used to live with me and my husband. Oh gosh! <laughs> no, and so Eileen, right? So Eileen had stolen her driver's license and was using her driver's license to pawn this stuff. Mm. Oh wow! So that's how they ended up. That mm. that was kind of the downfall of Eileen because they wow. had wrecked the, that car. The mm. lady gave a composite. It was all over the papers. Mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, the police are finding out. Okay, now she's pawning stuff. Right. Yep. And it's going back to these murders. Mm-hmm. So now they had a sting operation because they're going to take Eileen down. Oh, yes. Yep. And so they meet her at a bar. There's two undercover police officers. And, of course, Eileen was known to frequent a bar to do um, quick favors, if you will, so that she could have money for the next day. Um, it said that she also did it for quarters because she liked playing her favorite songs on the jukebox, which the one they played on the report I watched was mm-hmm. Randy Travis's Digging Up Bones. Oh, my Lord. And I was really? like, I'm like, was that, was that really her favorite song? Or Y'all, was that? you can't make this up. No, and I, I mean, I just started laughing when, when it happened, and I'm, you know, I'm saying I'm digging up bones. I thought but, it was um, breaking the law. I right, know. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so the men, the two guys convince her to come outside, and then that's when they charge her um, yes. with everything. So, again, here she's thinking she's just trying to make money for the next day to keep up Ty's lavish lifestyle. And mm-hmm. they were actually undercover cops. So, again, betrayal, 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 betrayal yeah. um, for Eileen. So, then she gets 
Now she's put in jail for what yeah. she's done. They were able to connect everything. Um, and they had and they had her they had Ty talking to Eileen mm. on the phone and Ty's like oh. I'm scared Eileen and Eileen's like you know what I've, I I'm you're okay I'm not going to let them put you in jail. Yeah. And see Ty had cut a deal, correct? That she would be a witness or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And and she even said on the stand um in her mullet and rat tail hair on the stand yeah. that um she was keeping Eileen talking so that it would clear her name in all of this mm -hmm. and that and Which, that's why and that was the deal that was made so boom yeah. now the girlfriend okay. you're devoted to so much just sold you out but like you said ty knew what was going on yes because ty even said when eileen came home one day and they were sitting on the floor watching the tv mm -hmm. she said to her i have to tell you something ty's yeah. like what she mm -hmm. said i killed a shot and killed a man today Yep. Okay, but then Ty knew that information and did what with it? Nothing. Exactly. Right. And then, like you said, okay, she was bringing home cars. Ty was driving one of the cars, mm -hmm. as we know, and wrecked yep. it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I believe, I'm sorry, but I believe that Ty had way more involvement in this than just, I was the girlfriend that was totally in the dark, knew nothing about it. Right. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think she might have encouraged Eileen once she found out what was happening. She could have been, you know, like, oh, now if they do anything at all, Lee, you make sure that you kill them. And, you know, who who yeah. knows? I mean, yeah. why didn't she turn Lee in right then, that night right. or the next morning and be like, I can't live with this secret. But that's right. not what she does. And then right. she cuts a deal and... She's right. still trying to sell her story to Hollywood so she can make money. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She, it was only when they got caught. Yes. Is when she finally said, oh, we're going to get in trouble for this. And then yeah. she turned on, 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 on Eileen. Then she or starts, Lee. Right. Yeah. She starts singing like a canary. Yeah. So we know well. that Eileen goes to court. Mm -hmm. She is charged with Richard Mallory's murder because his items were the ones that were in the pawn shop. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that direct connection there. Right. Eileen does confess mm -hmm. to killing him, but as we know, she uses a self-defense because he raped her. Right. Okay, Erica. <laughs> now, let's talk about this for a second. They show her in court, and this upset me like no other because they had her walk in, and she had on a white see-through top mm -hmm. with a white bra. Yeah. I thought, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't, if I was an attorney and my client walked in like that, I'd be mm -hmm. like, we're putting a jacket on you. Because mm -hmm. what what kind of message did that send to people? Exactly. And this is the trash public defender that she had, Steve Glazer. Mm -hmm. And he, he says throughout the report, this, this is what she wanted. She wanted the death penalty. I was just doing what she said. She got tired of people making money off her name. And the very next thing they cut to is him playing his guitar and singing a song that he wrote. Are you kidding me right wow. now? And yeah. so, but that's the thing. And my understanding, because I've not been on trial yet, yep. um, right. is that when you're in prison, when you're in jail awaiting trial, your lawyer or family members come and bring you clothes to change into for, for that part of the hearing while you're in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. So 
he had to have brought those clothes. And to me, that already says walking in, the jury or the judge is not going to take you seriously because why no. are you dressed like that? You're Correct. not even trying to show um, that you're um, serious about this. Right. I mean, so again, people just letting her down. Nobody is even trying to stand up for her. You know, I mean, hell, O.J. Simpson and other people who've been on trial had all these people to help them out, but they mm -hmm. had, O.J. had money. Other people, you know, mm -hmm. Ted Bundy had law, uh, law well, school his, experience. Right. And, and who did we see? Right. And that's the thing. Eileen or Lee, I'm sorry, You're did not have, she didn't have anybody in her court, in mm -mm. her, in her corner at all. Mm -mm. You know, even Ted Bundy's mother was like, he could never do that. Right. But for Lee, she had literally nobody. And the one person mm -hmm. that she gave her heart to and opened up to, yeah. that person's betrayed her. Yeah. So where, what was she supposed to do? Where was she supposed to go? That's what makes this so sad. Yeah. Yeah. She and had no family, no nothing. Right. And again, yeah. we are not saying she no, shouldn't no. have gotten convicted. Yes, she should have. <laughs> Absolutely. But we're right. looking at her and her psychology, her her life, right. really. Um, right. She's and, absolutely guilty of oh, killing yeah. these men. Yeah. I mean, she's guilty. And we don't condone this in any circumstance no. at all. Uh -uh. But I, like you said, I look at it from the standpoint of maybe if she had mm -hmm. that unit, that friends, people around her, that maybe it wouldn't have gotten to that point. To that point, exactly. Yeah, I think had she you know? had a support system, family, whether it been biological or family that she picked, just had a right. good support system around her, she could have left the industry Correct. and, you know, gone on to do something else in life. I think it was the hand she was dealt, you know, right. um, other serial killers that we have and will talk about. They just did it for sport, honestly. They had a fine life. Um, right. Or they were, or they were, you know, um, getting acclimated back into society like Edward Wayne Edwards. And mm -hmm. just something snapped. He's like, eh, I'll just go kill him. Whatever. I mean, right. he had a house. He had a job. He had a family. And it's like, but Eileen didn't have, or Lee didn't have any of that she had a child she had to give up because it was through rape um kicked out of the house by grandparents parents mom's nowhere to be found dad killed himself while she was in while he was in jail and she was too i mean nothing yeah. and it's just like oh my gosh but yeah she gets raped as a child and is mm -hmm. impregnated and what what does the justice system do for her nothing yeah Nothing. I mean, yeah. you would think when she went to go give birth, because I'm assuming she went to a hospital, she had to be involved with some uh, family service, something for the child to be put up for adoption. And nobody thought to say, who did this to you? We need to prosecute them. Nobody right. stood up for her, even at 13, even as a yeah. child. That's yeah. just, it's, it's just a really sad case. It really is. And the thing is, she's not the only story like that. Yeah, there's, it's frustrating, right? It's just because she became a serial killer. Yeah, I mean. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's like, so, like, yeah. Okay, so she sorry. ends up, no, you're fine. So she ends up, you know, with the Richard Mallory case. Mm -hmm. She gets on the stand herself. She talks about what happened. And it was just really shocking. Oh, yeah. The things that she was saying. Mm -hmm. um, and then the prosecutor gets up and says, 
okay, well, you said all these things happened to you by Richard Mallory. So why was, why were his pockets turned out? Why did you rob him? Mm -hmm. And she was just like, well, you know, I, he, she just didn't know what to say. I mean, it just kind of like stopped, it kind of stopped in her tracks a little bit. Like, wait a minute, you know, (laughs) and I think it was because she felt like it was, I don't want to say owed to her, but I think she felt like he did all these horrific things to me. So that gives me the right to take whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's how she looked at it. I don't, you know, but she was convicted Mm -hmm. of first degree murder. Yes. Of Richard Mallory. She was sentenced to death, but she was very upset. Oh boy. Was she? (laughs) Yeah. She She, was mad. She made an exit. Things. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. She said to the some jury. Not, yes. She said yeah. some not very nice things to the jury. Definitely. Yeah. She was mad. Yes. Yes. So she then decided I'm going to plead no contest on the next six killings. Yes. Because I, I think, like you said, she did not want to go to court. She did not want to go through this every time. Time and time. And time. Like, mm-hmm. Right. And that's what her, her friend Dawn said was that Eileen did not want to get on you know, the stand and just be constantly put down, right. beat down constantly. She was tired. She wouldn't deal with it anymore. Right. And like you said, Eileen wanted the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she said she, it in her confession. Just go ahead and put me in the electric chair. I did it. Right. Yeah. During the confession. I mean, you know, or the yeah. interview when the police arrested her, you know. Right. Yeah. She never tried to run away for what she did. She never tried to yeah. deny it. But no. what she tried to explain was, look what happened to me and what these guys were trying to do. I was right. doing it in self-defense. And everybody, right. you know, the media and the and her stupid lawyer and everybody was like, nope, nope, we're going to we're gonna try to profit off you and your life now. Because you right. hadn't been had a crappy enough life. Let's, <laughs> let's do right. this too, you know. Right. And I don't know if you heard this part in your documentary, but the judge said when they were sentencing her to death, they said, may God have mercy upon your corpse mm-hmm. instead of may God have mercy upon your soul. Yeah. And they said that's kind of implying that she had no soul. Yeah, exactly. And that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was, yeah. I, that I, was tough to hear. They, yeah. They just never saw her as a person. They just saw her as this calculated, manipulative killer. They just never, I don't think they ever saw her as a human being. And, and that, and yeah. that's sad. Because, again, of her, of her childhood. She, she took responsibility for what she did as an adult. But, yes. but it was just sad. It was like, you've been betrayed and let down through all these different avenues your entire life. You know. And, right. But let's, um, you know, go back to Ty for a minute. Who, sure. Okay. World's worst girlfriend. I'll say that. Um, and oh my God. But anyway, so the movie Monster that yes. is about Lee and Charlize Theron, who, oh my God, looked just like her. Yeah. She movie. really did. I thought it was her. I, I really did. Too. did. I was like, <gasps> and I, yeah. I think it was that movie that really made me a huge Charlize Theron uh, fan. Um, or Theron, however it's said. I'm sorry, but I love mm-hmm. you, Charlize. Um, <laughs> But Christina Ricci, who Mm -hmm. everybody knows as Wednesday Adams, you know, if you grew up in the 90s, she played Ty. And let me just say, 
I don't know why, but Hollywood did a solid on Ty. She got upgraded so much in the looks department with Christina Ricci <laughs> playing her. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they do not look alike at all. She doesn't deserve that. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was mean. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, that, that looks nothing like her. But Charlize looked exactly like Ali. Oh yeah. I mean, down to the facial expressions, yes. the hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. And then um, the reporter from sixty Minutes Australia asked asked Lee, "Are you afraid to die?" And Lee said, "No, I'm not afraid to die because there's no, because I will be leaving a wicked world." Mm. And that's interesting to hear. Yeah. Not, well, I'm gonna die because I don't want to sit and rot thinking about what I've done I don't you know no I don't want to die because you know insert whatever response you want but she even sees the world as wicked and mm-hmm. she's yeah. like yeah just let let me out of here I'm I'm good I'm ready I'm ready to go you know mm-hmm. and and two it showed her sitting in trial at times and she had handcuffs on her mm-hmm. you don't see handcuffs on a lot of these serial male serial killers you know, right. again, devil's advocate here. I'm just noting, um, you know, she's the first ser- female serial killer that we're covering, but you just don't see that on the male. And it's just like, I think it's, they didn't know how to take her. They didn't know yeah. what to, what to do because they're, everybody's used to male serial killers. Right. Yeah. So she spends a decade on death row. Yes. Dawn goes and visits her and Dawn said that, she felt a sense of relief because she knew Eileen was being taken care of. Mm-hmm. She had yeah. a roof over her head. She had food. Yeah. They were looking after her. Mm-hmm. So she said her being on death row, you know, was actually like, I know where she is and she's safe, mm-hmm. which is just really sad statement. I mean, that was really sad. Yeah. Um, she did visit Eileen the night before she was executed. Now, when Eileen originally was on trial, they were going to do the electric chair, but then it switched to where she could pick. Yeah. So she picked lethal injection. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawn spent the last day with her and she showed a picture and Eileen is just grinning from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Eileen, I think was ready to go. Yeah. I think she had made peace with it. And like I said, Eileen did repent. She asked for forgiveness for what she had done. Yes. She said what she did was wrong, that mm-hmm. she never should have done it. And that's why, you know, it, it, this is why it's such a sad case for me watching that documentary that I saw. Mm-hmm. It was frustrating at times because here was a woman that obviously from being a child needed help. Right. Yes. But there was never anyone that really stepped in mm-hmm. and intervened. And that's what's kind of frustrating to me at times because I'm like, yeah. if somebody had just stepped in, this story would have been so different for this woman. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You know? um, so Eileen is, of, of course, it was lethal injection. Mm-hmm. And in 2002, mm-hmm. so after a decade of being on death row, she's put to death. Eileen was cremated, yep. and her ashes were given to Dawn. Dawn took them back to Michigan on her property and buried them under a hmm. walnut tree. Yeah. And she goes out at Christmas time and Eileen's birthday and puts balloons out and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Because she said, well, nobody would have ever visited her. Yeah. Yeah. If I had buried her like in a graveyard or mm-hmm. something. So, but Eileen's last words, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. Okay. Cause this <laughs> okay. was like, okay. So her last words, and I'm going to say, I said, yes, I would like to say I'm selling with the rock and I'll be back. 
like Independence Day with Jesus, like the movie, big mothership and all, I'll be back, I'll be back. Hmm. Well. So those were her last words before she was put to death. Yep. I mean, like you said, it's somebody who's made peace with it and knows, you know, that this is what I have to do to pay for what I've done. And, and that's what she wanted. She, she never tried to run away from the responsibility. And, and there was a person, Aileen Crowley, Mm -hmm. Crowley, who, after Lee was put into jail, actually legally adopted her. Oh, wow. Because she said that she felt the Holy Spirit led her to adopt her. Now, then it also goes on to explain, and, and again, I'm, this, is, this is how the journalists, the reporting, decided to show it. They also said of Aileen, or Aileen Crowley that um, she had a fondness for adopting stray animals. So when she adopted Lee, she wanted her to live on her farm. So even then, this 60 Minutes Australia journaling said that mm-hmm. in a sentence. This lady has a fondness for adopting stray animals. So when she adopted Lee, I was like, you're not even looking at her as a human either. You know, right. they're interviewing wow. her. Yeah, I wanted to put wow. that in there because that really caught my attention. Oh, you yeah. Know, that you, so you got this one, uh, that fondness for stray dogs. You got the singing lawyer who did nothing for her other than have bad hair and a bad facial hair. Because um, I'm sorry. If you're a man and you can grow a beard, why don't you maintain that beard? However mm-hmm. you need it. If you want it long, fine. There's conditioners and stuff. But mm-hmm. why do why some... And this, I, I know, know this was the 80s, early 90s. I know. But still, his beard yeah. bothered me. That's <laughs> what I'm getting at. I don't know. Just, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, look, a squirrel got off on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> but, yeah, but that that was Lee Wernos. Yeah. And it was just and, sad. And where is Ty today? Mm. Nobody knows. Um, I think she got out of the limelight. Well, they, I, yeah. I, I looked and looked and could never find out where is she today. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. No. She, I, hopefully she wised up and she decided, I'm going to lay low from now on. I think I think she's laying low. Yes. Yeah. So. Yep. So there is Lee Wernos. I'm sure a perspective you have not heard before. Right. Everybody wants to talk about her killings, and oh my gosh, and we're like that poor soul. <laughs> she, well, I think that it when we hear about these serial killers, mm-hmm. there is a human aspect that sometimes we don't hear a lot about. Exactly. And again, like you and I have said many, many times. We don't condone what she did. Absolutely Mm-mm. not. No. I, you know, I don't agree with anything that she did. No. But I think that there are the reasons why. And sometimes we don't get to hear all of those reasons. Exactly. Yeah. And it's good to kind of cover those and talk about those and get, a, and like you said, peeling back the layers, looking yeah. at the different layers of these stories. Yeah. It's not just one, one thing. It's not just you killed. Now you, now you die for killing. No, there's so much more in the psychology, what leads people to do what they've done. You know, they're, they're even you or I, or, you know, people that have not murdered, why do we go and do things that we do sometimes? There's reasons to it. Sure. Whether it's something from childhood or, you know, we're just mad that day. Why do we do 
things we do. And that's, that's what I find more fascinating, and especially with true crime and serial killers, because what pushes them to that extreme? What right. makes them go that, that next level that right. the majority of people do not go to? Correct. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's why. So yep. what are we doing next week, Erin? Okay. So Erica left it up to me, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm back and forth. But I, this is a case I do not know a lot about. People have talked about it. I've heard about it. Okay. It's Casey Anthony. Oh, Lord. And I, I have heard bits and pieces about this case, but yep. I don't know everything. Okay. So I'm coming into this totally new. Oh, this should be good. This should be yep. good. I remember being glued to headline news and Nancy freaking Grace. So this will be good. You'll, I can't wait to hear what you, what you think about it. And I'll need to refresh my memory. Yes. So I'm interested in this case. Yeah. All right. So Casey Anthony, it might be a two-parter. It might have to be a two-parter. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll let you know next week. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone so much again. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we've given you a different view, a different perspective on things that you might not have had before. And yeah. all right. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, keep peeling back those layers of true crime, and we will be back at you next week. Bye, Erin. Bye. Happy birthday. Ah, happy birthday. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> Bye, guys.